What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Ideation Collective. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, I've got Andrew Cherney. He's the CEO and co-founder of Aspiration. We want our customers to be happy with what we're doing, and we trust our customers enough that if they are happy with what we're doing, they're going to pay us fairly, uh, and they're not going to take advantage of us. And if they're not happy with what we're doing and what we're offering them, then they shouldn't pay us. This is another episode of our Innovation and Leadership series, where we interview rocket scientists, pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. If you like what you hear, we're also going to be releasing exclusive bonus materials like PDF checklists, reports, and presentations, but only for members of the collective. If you're interested in those, as of this recording, you can still join for free on the Ideation Collective website, which is iCollective.co slash free. Again, iCollective.co slash free. Also, before getting rolling, we want to invite you to consider helping the charity our founders started called Child Rescue. We work to combat child sex trafficking in the United States and abroad. One of our foreign projects we're working on right now is helping to build an aftercare orphanage in Cusco, Peru. To learn more about that, please come to the Child Rescue section on our website, iCollective.co slash Child Rescue. So with that out of the way, let's get to the interview. Thanks for making time, Andre. Uh, good to be with you. So, so tell us about Aspiration. Aspiration is an online financial firm. Uh, we think of ourselves as a financial firm with a conscience, uh, really bringing uh, the best financial products that we can create for everyday people. Uh, as the financial industry has, has more and more focused on, on the very wealthy in our country, uh, you see uh, not only that industry moving away from serving uh, the ordinary Americans, but uh, but what really what you see is these just massive amounts of distrust for some of the traditional players in that space. Uh, we don't think it has to work that way. So we have a very different approach uh, when it comes to the kinds of products we offer, uh, to our business model, and just to the sense that uh, we're a company that really believes you can both make money and make a difference at the same time. Well, and we're going to talk about this. You guys are doing some pretty interesting things. Uh I'm really fascinated with your idea of pay what you pay, <laughs> pay what you will fees, pay what is fair fees. I don't think there's a, a lot of folks in your industry doing that yet. Uh, certainly my background in finance, haven't seen a lot of uh, pay whatever fees you want as an offer there. Um, but listen, you've got a pretty interesting background other than that. Um, so, f- you know, first generation American, your parents immigrated from Czechoslovakia, you Harvard grad, um, intelligence officer for the Navy, consultant to Fortune 100 companies, uh, youngest White House speechwriter in history, if I've got that right. Um, sounds like uh, sounds like quite the list there. Well, I've had a, um, I guess probably the the best way to say is eclectic career, and I've gotten to do a uh, a lot of different things, but but really have always been focused um, in just about everything I've done on on these ideas of what's happening to 
uh, people and their economic lives, what's uh, confronting them in terms of uh, just economic fairness and opportunity, uh, whether it was working in, in the public policy world, uh, both, uh, you know, as you mentioned, in the White House or uh, worked early on with, um, with then law professor Elizabeth Warren on, on the idea for what became the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, uh, was a financial fraud prosecutor. Uh, and, and spent some time in the in the in the business world working with some of the big financial institutions. And yeah, I think from all those experiences, just saw that uh, if you really care about creating economic opportunity, if you really care about addressing issues like uh, the wealth gap that we have in our country, then you have to have financial uh, companies, banks, financial institutions in America that people really like and trust and want to do business with, or else you're just not going to be able to move the needle. And I just saw these large institutions whose customers just don't like them, don't trust them. There's fundamentally antagonistic relationship that, that goes both ways. And we at Aspiration thought, you know, there's a chance to, to build something different, to start from scratch with a new kind of financial firm with products that really work for people, an approach that really uh, makes sure that we have their best interests at heart every step of the way. And uh, it was a pretty exciting opportunity to, to start with a blank sheet of paper and, and try to build something really uh, fantastic. Sounds like it. You know, um, one of the things that's really interesting to me on your list, I, um, you know, n- we've got our own consulting firm now um, doing these helping with merger integrations or sales training, leadership development programs. But uh, when I was working at someone else's consulting firm and I was this director for their special operations command and intelligence agencies practice, I got to spend a lot of time, uh, you know, teaching leadership classes and things to, to to different folks from the intelligence side of the world. So I was interested on your list there to see uh, on LinkedIn uh, that you spent eight years on the reserve side as a intelligence officer for the Navy. Is that right? I did. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, of course, an amazing honor to get to serve and, uh, you know, served with um, with a lot of people that I you know consider real uh, real heroes uh, and people who did amazing things for our country, uh, whose, uh, you know, whose stories will probably never be told and that they weren't interested in having their story told, but, but came, uh, to their work with a real sense of, of duty and, and honor. Um, and, and, uh, probably the, the, the finest form of patriotism. <laughs> you know, a really close friend of mine still is a colonel that runs the joint reserve intelligence program. And it's amazing. You know, I think reservists don't always get, um, you know, they don't always get the limelight because uh, maybe different perceptions about them. But as I've seen what he's doing with having them support, you know, active combatant commands and really, you know, be a significant role for these for these folks that really need it. It's not just training. It's not just sitting around or whatever. Maybe the media has given some people some ideas. It's like a very active involvement in in uh, helping everything happen. I think it's uh, I think it's a great thing. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, some of there's uh, maybe old, uh, old images of what a reservist does are, are, are pretty outdated, you know, especially during the time that, that I served, uh, which was 2002, uh, shortly after 9-11 um, until, uh, I believe, 2010. Uh, you, you had uh, a big chunk of the people who were uh, deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq who were reservists uh, and who were called up, who did uh, leave the rest of their lives and, and leave their families, uh, often in ways that they hadn't really signed up for uh, 
but but always knew it was part of their responsibility. And uh, you know, I, I for a variety of reasons uh, was never deployed myself, but uh, but certainly uh, saw uh, a whole bunch of other people who were deployed and and who um, really formed in in many ways big part of the backbone of, of our military um, during those years of the hottest moments in, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. Well, you know, the show here, it's called Leadership and Innovation, and that's certainly an area that uses both of them. I just think, too, you know, there's so much more that happens stateside. I mean, with, with the innovation of technology and, and certainly my friends that are SIGINTERs, I mean, their ability to support while staying here at home uh, is, has really, I mean, it's, it's incredible the kind of innovations that have taken place to support our troops abroad, huh? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, look, we're it's a, it's a 21st century. Uh, we're dealing with global threats. Uh, we are dealing with um, uh, challenges, both certainly on the home front as well as abroad. And uh, and the sub- dividing lines between the two um, don't apply, you know, perhaps as they did 50, 100 years ago. Uh, we, we see that, of course, uh, you know, just in recent headlines with. Uh, uh, some of the domestic terrorism and and people moving back and forth between the United States and um, uh, and some of these countries abroad and, and certainly the uh, media, the use of social media, uh, the use of uh, uh, email and 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 WhatsApp and other forms of communications. Uh, it is it is a seamless uh, threat that we're facing, and and so of course uh, the the exact spot where somebody's sitting, in some ways. Uh, in, in some respects, doesn't really make as much of a difference for, for some of these jobs. Yeah, you know, I'm interested in your perspective. I mean, both both my grandpas served in World War II. My father-in-law was 82nd Airborne with the Army. I've got, you know, brother-in-law in the Air Force and, and different family members. But personally, I, I wasn't around much of that as a kid. I didn't have, I didn't know anybody as a kid that was actively involved in the military in any form. Um, I'm interested, do you think you, it like, you had any unique perspectives being the first generation in your family to be born in America and, and to serve? Do you think that added anything to it for you or brought you any kind of different perspective? You know, I, I think it probably did. Um, when you talk to a lot of uh, people who either came to the country as immigrants or, or in, in my case, whose parents came to the country as immigrants, I think you very, very often hear um, – People speaking about a sense of responsibility, uh, a sense of gratitude uh, to the country, a, a desire to give something back and, and to serve. That, of course, takes many different respects, whether it's serving in the military or in other forms of public service or um, as a healthcare professional or, or in countless different ways. But, but that desire to give something back um, and, and the sense of an obligation to do so. I think is a really powerful through line in a lot of the conversations of, of first generation Americans and, and of, and of immigrants themselves. Uh, you know, I think for, for me, uh, um, grew up with a, with a really profound sense that, that, you know, service was part of an obligation that everybody owed their country. And again, it could take many different forms, but, you know, for me after, after nine 11, um, I really thought here was, uh, Again, not just an opportunity, but really for me, a, a responsibility to uh, put some of those beliefs into action. And that was why I, I signed up when I did. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, talking about service and talking about contributing, 
you guys are doing something pretty interesting at Aspiration. Talk, tell us about this uh, Dimes Worth of Difference. Yeah, Dimes Worth of Difference is uh, our charitable commitment at Aspiration, uh, where we, as a company, give 10% of our company's revenue uh, to charitable giving that helps uh, low-income Americans, struggling Americans, uh, working with uh, a enterprise called uh, Axion, which is the largest uh, nonprofit provider of microloans in the United States and, and really in the world. But uh, our effort is really focused on the United States, on these small loans of you know, $4,000 on down that help uh, immigrant uh, entrepreneurs, uh, people who are living in rural America, generally people who are uh, in the United States and, and looking to build a better life for themselves and their families to, to start businesses and really to transform their lives. And uh, it's, it's really a big part of what we believe at Aspiration, where, you know, I think for this, this 10% commitment probably makes us the most charitable financial firm in America uh, as a percentage of, of our company's revenue. But we see it as, as part of our company's responsibility to give back. And, and we believe that the financial industry should be not just about feathering its own nest, uh, but about helping others. And that's true whether we're helping uh, some of the people who benefit from uh, this charitable commitment to really helping our own customers as well. I, I think you see that when you uh, look at the kinds of products that we're bringing to the market. And, and of course, as you mentioned, our uh our, our whole business model, this pay-what-is-fair business model, which I think underlines a lot of how we think about the world. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I love it. I mean, I'm thinking about some of our other guests who've been on the show, uh, Lindsay Knuven from Epoxy. You know, they team, it's an outdoor brand, and they've teamed up with V-School and Goldman Sachs and Adobe, and they're teaching coding for refugees out in Salt Lake. And I'm such a fan of everything that can lower the bar to letting people define their own future. You know, I'm obviously we're big fans of entrepreneurship and um, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't be. I, I think about the dozen, you know, this is business number 12 for me. And most of those were total failures and lots of pain. But the, the couple that did really well, I guess, make it worth it. Um, you know what? Uh, somebody uh, very smart once told me the... Uh uh, the definition of a, of a success is somebody who gets knocked down uh, 12 times and gets up 13. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as long as you keep on getting back up, uh, that's all that matters in life. And, uh, and if you can make a real impact along the way, then, uh, then you're doing well. Well, um, I, I, anyways, great work you're doing. Glad you're doing that. Um, so this pay what is fair, um, I'm I'm fascinated by it. I think that so many people would never consider something like this because of the assumptions of well nobody would ever pay anything. Uh what's fascinating to me is if I understand, you know, people that are buying these products whether it's you know the mutual funds or 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 buying, you know, liquid forms of alternative investments you're giving them access to that maybe that you know non-accredited middle-class investors normally don't get access to that you will let them do that and pay zero. Like, it's not like a, like you just are trusting them that over time, you know, enough people will pay enough to run the company or help, help me put some more meat on those bones. Tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of people, uh, get uh, pretty surprised when they first hear it and, and it takes them a while to wrap their head around it. But it, you know, it gets back to the kind of company that we want to build and the kind of relationship that we want to build with our customers. And, you know, before I, say more about that business model. I'll tell you a little bit about the products because I think it, it, it matters. Um, 
you know, we have a variety of different products. As you mentioned, our, our core product is our checking account, uh, which we call the Aspiration Summit account. Uh, it has one offers up to 1% uh, interest rate, uh, so basically 100 times higher than what people are getting from any of the five or so big banks in America. Uh, no monthly fees, free access to every ATM in the world. Never pay an ATM fee anywhere again. If you could charge one, you get reimbursed. Uh, and it's really a best, the best product. In fact, was was named best checking account in America by Money Magazine. Uh, and, wow. and so it's really uh, something that is that is pretty unique, and, and we we're really proud of. Uh, we have a and, and where a, does are there geographical limitations? Like, does somebody have to be from California, or how does that checking account work? All all fifty states. Uh, it's you know, of course, it's all online, and so if you want to deposit checks or or so on, you do so online. Bill pay all those things. Uh, you, you get in an online fashion, um, and you can use any ATM anywhere that you want uh, to to get ga- cash out. So, uh, yeah, we have you know uh, many many tens of thousands of customers uh, in in places all over America. Um, and then we have a, as you said, a variety of different investment products, including a a sustainable investment product that's fossil fuel fuel free, firearm free, um, that actually invests in companies whose whose uh, employee practices and environmental practices actually make them more profitable and valuable over time. Uh, it's called the Aspiration Redwood Fund. Uh, you know, people can look it up online. It's um, it's actually performed very well thus far uh, this year as, as, you, as you look at it, much better than uh, the S&P 500 and, and, um, and similar metrics like that. And, and I say all this as, as background because we really see it as our job to bring people great financial products and outcomes. And we want our customers to be happy with what we're doing. And we trust our customers enough that if they are happy with what we're doing, they're going to pay us fairly uh, and they're not going to take advantage of us. And if they're not happy with what we're doing and what we're offering them, then they shouldn't pay us. We don't want them to pay us. I don't want to be in a business where I'm forcing somebody to pay me when that customer is unhappy with what I'm doing for them. Uh, that's not a business that's going to work long term and it's not a business that I want to be in. Uh, and so that's our approach. And I think what we found has been really a remarkable um, kind of turn of from the usual interaction that people have with their financial industry uh, and their financial partner. Number one, almost all of our customers choose to pay us uh, well over 90% of the investment clients are uh, choose to pay, and most choose a very fair amount. Um, we, I think it's really powered a lot more growth because people have come to us, and you know the single biggest challenge they face with picking a bank account or picking an uh, investment product is, do I really trust these guys? Are they really going to have my best interests at heart? You don't have to go very far and turn on the TV to hear story after story of big banks and financial institutions that frankly have uh, done wrong to their own customers in order to uh, help their own bottom line and help their own profit. You hear these stories way too often. And that's not a concern that people can have with aspiration. If if they don't like what uh, we're doing, they're going to pay us zero. And, and we know they're going to pay us zero. So we have to do right by them every single day in every single way we interact with them. Uh, and it really means that we're on the same side of the table with them. Uh, it, it means that our interests and their interests are, are lined up together. And 
that just lets people look at us and interact with us in a very different way. And I think it's what's really helped power aspiration into the kind of growth that we've seen over the past year and a half. Well, you know, I'm thinking from a marketing perspective, how genius that is to, to look at like a persuasive, you know, a pervasive customer opinion and to spot that opportunity. You know, I, I think about the role of expectations in marketing and it's like, you know, if you go to McDonald's and you pay five bucks for hamburger and you get a $5 hamburger, nobody gets upset. Nobody brags about it. You know, people just eat their hamburger or you go to a nice restaurant and you get a $15 hamburger and you get about what you expect. Nobody brags about it. Nobody gets upset. But if you go to a $15 hamburger place and you get a $5 hamburger, all of a sudden people complain. Or you go to a $5 hamburger joint and you get a $10 hamburger, all of a sudden people are bragging about it and they're posting it on social media and they're like, oh my gosh, that's, that hamburger was so amazing. What's funny is it might actually be worse than a $15 hamburger you got somebody else, somewhere else. But because your expectation was, I'm going to get this limp $5 McDonald's looking thing and you got something amazing, it, word spreads, right? So... Anyways, I feel like you guys are doing that of like this low trust thing. It, it's such an Achilles heel for the people who can drastically outspend you marketing wise, but can't beat you reputation wise. Look, I think reputation matters in the long run. And uh, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I think that's what wins out. Uh, sure. Yeah. There's uh, some of these big banks are going to have a lot more money to spend on, on TV commercials. Uh, but I think what we're seeing is, customers who get really, really excited about aspiration. We, we see we've done some uh, research online and, and our rates of social media engagement, by which I mean the amount of times uh, and, and really the percentage of times that people uh, are sharing a post about aspiration or, or commenting or liking is way, way higher than any of the other financial firms really in America that we've been able to identify uh, and I think it's because of that. There was somebody who just over the weekend um, posted something uh, on on Twitter, and uh, it was interesting. Uh, somebody uh, on Twitter asked a question. Uh, I've heard about this company, Aspiration. Anybody familiar with them? Are are they the real deal? And we had we didn't have to reply. Uh, somebody else replied and said, "Yeah, I've been doing business with them, and I love Aspiration." And you know, when I when I saw that. Of course, that, that made me happy. It, it made me think two things. One is that's really the position we want to be in where we don't have to be uh, having to, to respond to something like that. But our customers are excited enough about us that they're telling their friends. And two is, you know, that word love. I mean, how often do you ever hear somebody saying, I love my bank or I love my financial <laughs> firm? Maybe I, I put up with them. Maybe they're not half bad. Maybe they've, they've, they've done all right for me financially. But but that's really the bar we want to hit. We want people to feel that kind of, of passion about what we're doing uh, and that sense that uh, we truly are something very different as you know, in, in the kind of way that you uh, laid out. Well, I think this is a great spot to end for part one of the interview. Um, please tune in for the, for the next episode. We're going to be talking to Andre about working at the White House and going to Harvard and advising companies like Intel and Qualcomm and um, some of the varied background and, and how he's brought those lessons to aspiration. So tune into the next episode, please. Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. 
Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details.